Hello, and welcome back to Modern Animism, a very convoluted guide. I'm your podcast host, Sarah Jane, and this is episode 16 of an unlimited series. In this episode, we'll be looking at some animistic techniques. If you remember in episode 15, I referred to the types of animism and explained that modern animism has three focuses and three applications. Modern animist practitioners can utilize animism as a form of meditation, a form of consciousness widening, a way in which we can interconnect ourselves into the universe by re-evaluating our position in the world or our society. We then utilize this practice for the purposes of healing, self-knowledge, or habit altering. But there are also modern animist practitioners who only wish to find a religion that fits their view on animal welfare, feminism, ableism or speciesism. This is because other religions haven't kept abreast of new ethical thinking about the world or the environment. Finally, some people enjoy modern animism because they're really interested in the concept of matriarchy. And not in the sense that women should be more, should be considered more important than men, but in the sense that there shouldn't be any competition or jostling for position in any religious or spiritual doctrine. We understand from episode 13 that the role of the women in religion has been undermined and currently, in the biblical sense, is only alluded to. But one supposes that women are a lot are better off currently in the Abrahamic religions since there's been a lot of movement in the rights of women here in the West recently. We compare this to women in the traditional animistic societies in the Far East and these um, women are still stuck in a very submissive position politically and socially. And I mentioned this briefly when I referred to the route into animism is often granted on the back of exclusion lack of support networks and scapegoating of women in society. And that animism and witchcraft is one of the few career routes in which women can find positions of power and security. Now this might appear to be surprising since when I mentioned the Moo culture in the podcast on Oracle Bone Script, I specifically mentioned that the archaeological evidence of Mu culture suggested that women held significant roles. Although there are some that dispute that there's enough evidence to suggest that women held all positions of power. More importantly, the archaeological evidence found on pottery indicated that Tai Chi, Qigong, Qigong were based upon the ancient shamanic practices that occurred 7,000 years ago and they're practiced by the same Wu who created the Oracle Bone Script. And whilst Taoism is currently very patriarchal, that's because of the community in which it's practiced, the actual movement, the concept that things flow of the way, that's a very matriarchal doctrine. It's very leveling. So I wanted to explore some of the elements of breath work and the ideas of sex 
and sexuality that came from this specific shamanic animistic lineage. Now the concept of Qigong that we hear in the West was really only brought into existence in the 1957. But the breathwork the Qi that was developed was an offshoot of the older animistic practices and they were based upon activities that were supposed to bring about transcendental ecstasy. And this is proven. And the basic rhythmic movements of Tai Chi, the holding the structure, it might remind you of the sexual activity that I spoke of earlier. We refer back to the concept of the snake goddess and the enunciation of movement through the hips as a kind of sexual magic. And this is coupled with the fast breathing patterns. And they're much faster than those supplied in yoga or in your normal meditative practices. They're short, sharp breaths and they're supposed to move the chi around the body. But in reality, long sustained practice of these short breaths will have the practitioner feeling quite lightheaded and oxygen um, deprived, which would then cause that euphoric feeling. In these animistic practices, we remove the physical forms of Tai Chi since they're a later addition. And we concentrate on these techniques and they represent a hermaphrodization, the union of the earth and sky into one person. And the practitioners consider themselves as intermediaries between these two forces. Um, and this makes a sense they should enter this process of balancing these two energies. And we know this from the information left by the Mu culture. And the shamanic process will involve holding the qigong position so your feet are slightly wider than your hips. You twist your knees slightly outwards. You drop your weight so your pelvis slightly widens. And these are the positions that are illustrated on the Wu pottery pieces. And the Tai Chi movements, they're known as the five animal bird movements, also date from this period and represent the shape-shifting traditions of animism. Sexual magic is a component of this form of animism. It's advocated as a method of bringing additional yin forces into the body and then internally converting these to yang energy through the act of sexual intimacy. In this, your internal energy is not held in chakras, but instead they are held in two energy centres, one representing the mental mind state, and the other, which is the lower brain, which is about three centimetres under your solar plexus, your lower brain. And you might associate with the, this with the Kundalini force from the Hindu tradition. And to circulate the energy between these two centres, one needs to hard and fast snort your breath, like a... <gasps> And while you do this, you'll tip the hips like a mini pelvis thrust with each breath. And this heats the energy and pumps it up the spine. And you further curve the spine with each pump and it stiffens your spine into that kind of serpentine S shape. And remember, we're talking about these techniques. They're being based upon sexual ecstasy. And whilst the slow breath is calming, energy descending it's moving coolly down the front of the body like a that's the front movement the calming whereas the is actually a movement through the spine 
And if you remember, these Wu were a matriarchal society, at least in part, for we know that the women were the practitioners of most of the magical rituals. Sexual magic was a much bigger thing in matriarchal societies than in patriarchal societies. As we, um, as we mentioned previously, was it episode 13 or something? We spoke about the death of the goddess culture. And do you remember that? And the god, and the god Murdoch, he murdered the goddess Tiamat. She was the snake goddess whose body then became the land, hills and the rivers, you know, the Euphrates. And this story is an analogy for the patriarchal religion superseding the matriarchal. This is how the Babylonian version of Tiamat replaced Mesopotamian goddess Tiamat, an event which was fundamental to all future versions of goddess worship and even our own through society through the Greek philosophy and ethics. Tiamat was originally the goddess um, of primordial chaos and through successive generations of sexual relationship she then goes on to create all of cosmos she creates everything but under later religious teachings she's just a passive emblem of that feminine principle now the older traditions of matriarchal society sexual and ritual ceremonies were much more important it's where the conjugation of two people might represent the intimacy between the two deities or the sexual activity undertaken by human proxy was an essential necessity for all human and animal mating in the kingdom. And the debasement of Tiamat marks the end of all those female-based religions and those female expressions in favour of orthodoxic practices. And one wonders though about the casual sexism in religious activity. And we see that the claim that about moving the hips and altering breathing patterns that I mentioned came in Taoism and Qigong, and these represent sex. And these implication is that these activities balance the yin-yang aspects of the body, or balance the two energetic centers. They balance the earth and sky energies, as they're referred to in the early animistic traditions. We can also see that the relationship between the two human people could act as a proxy of the union between two deities and therefore ensures the deity's blessings. But actually the emphasis upon having these experiences appears to be passed onto the male of the species. And there are several books in the market that promote Taoism and sexual techniques or tantric sex. But the instruction and contribution for women in sex is very um, limited, almost non-existent. And this is very bemusing since modern science has proven that in um, some women's orgasms, a part of the brain known as the right angular gyrus triggers. And this is a part of the brain that only triggers during this female sexual activity and also during out-of-body experiences. So assume that during sex women were capable of having out-of-body experiences and all these processes are reprocessed and reproductions of that in which a man could take part. And we assume that all the techniques of breathing, of postural awareness, are all designed towards ritualising this internal mental stimulus. And yet no writing, teaching, advocation of these activities still exists because female sexuality is almost taboo. 
and this is because the light of several millennia of patriarchal teachings has debased the worship of the feminine principle. Uh, I'll leave you with the techniques you know and I will catch up with you on the next podcast. My name's Sarah Jane and thank you for listening.